the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, October the 17th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On October 17, 1933, Albert Einstein arrived in the United States. He was a refugee from Nazi Germany. Today, in 1777, British forces surrendered to American troops in Saratoga, New York. It was a turning point in the Revolutionary War. Today, in 1807, Britain <laughs> declared it would continue to reclaim, <laughs> interesting word, reclaim British-born soldiers or sailors from American ships and posts, regardless of whether they held U.S. citizenship. Great Britain was having a hard time letting go of America, and there were some of their people, they're British-born. I mean, there were a lot of British-born people in America in the early days, of course. And uh, they were reclaiming them. In other words, they were taking them off the boats and taking them back to Great Britain. They didn't want to lose them, and they wanted them to go back and be productive in their country, not this new United States out here across the ocean somewhere, these unwashed people who had broken away from Great Britain and so on. Today in 1910, social reformer and poet Julia Ward Howe, Howe. She was the uh, author of the Battle Hymn of the Republic. She died in Portsmouth, Rhode Island. She was 91 years old. Today in 1931, mobster Al Capone, he was convicted in Chicago of income tax evasion. Today in 1973, Arab oil producing nations announced they would begin cutting back oil exports to Washington, uh, to Western nations and to Japan. The result was a total embargo that lasted until March of 1974. I think many of us remember that. I remember the long lines. We were living in Los Angeles at the time. We were in the church in North Hollywood, and boy, the lines were forever. And, um, you know, the certain days you could you know, get gas and certain days you couldn't. Thank you, Jimmy Carter. Today in 19, 1989... An earthquake measuring 6.9 in magnitude struck Northern California, killed 63 people, caused $6 billion worth of damage. And today's singer Gary Puckett is 81 years old. I know you're asking who in the world is Gary Puckett and why is Gary Randall mentioning his name? Well, I'm mentioning his name because he's... uh, kind of famous. Some of you may know him or have heard of him. I don't know him, but I'm aware of him. But he um, he has a had a group. He still does, as a matter of fact. It's called Gary Puckett and the Union Gap. Does any of that sound familiar to any of you? Those of you listen, uh, living in central Washington, I, I think you probably know Union Gap, whether you've heard of Gary Puckett or not. Yeah, we know where Union Gap is. Well, he's famous. He has, it's a singing group, and they started out in the 1960s, had a lot of hits, and um, pretty famous. And they were 
also famous for often performing in Civil War Union Army costumes. And uh, Wikipedia says that uh, Puckett, he named his group after a town that he once lived in in Washington State. Gary Puckett and the Union Gap. Just thought I'd mention that for some of you who maybe live on down South 1st Street, somewhere down by Union Gap. The Pentagon on Monday, yesterday, said they did not deny, they would not deny, they wouldn't comment on it, but they wouldn't deny that roughly 2,000 U.S. troops were told to be prepared to deploy, if needed, to assist Israel in its war against Hamas. The uh, press secretary, this Sabrina Singh, she said, I don't have any more to provide at this time. I might be able to give you more details later, but at this time, I just don't have anything more specific to add. That was yesterday afternoon. But there are, it's been confirmed, there are 2,000 troops that have been called up. And there are some people saying, several articles have been written saying that there's 2,000 or maybe as many as 3,000 more that are told to be on alert because they may be called up or prepared to deploy as well. The war, the Israel is still preparing to their all out attack on Hamas. Um, A lot of people are asking, why is it taking them so long? I don't know, but I've wondered the same thing, but something that crossed my mind, they're going to do this. I'm I'm certain I'd be shocked if they don't go ahead with what they said they're going to do and to wipe out Hamas, and uh, Hamas needs to be wiped out. I mean, they are barbaric, and we've talked about that on this program. We don't have to go through all of that. It's in the news, and it should be, and the pictures and so on. Well, the news is pivoting, though, away from uh, reporting somewhat factually on Israel. The more time that goes by, the more Israel's going to lose any um, benefit from the news media. And so I'm just wondering, but I I guess part of it has to do with all of the tunnels that are miles long all over the area, uh, underground, and and they're deep, and they can't just be taken out from the air. They they have to be taken out in other ways with bombs and so on. So I I guess that has something to do with the planning, but I I just (laughs) wish they, I mean, this is just me, but I wish they'd hurry up and do what they're going to do because I'm, pulling for Israel. I think many of you are as well. I hope all of you are. This is a time to remember Israel in our prayers. God has blessed Israel and has a special calling for them. And the Bible says if if we will bless Israel, God will bless us. It's very clear. So those who are anti-Israel, they need to just take a deep breath, sit down and read their Bible and not let someone else interpret it for them. The Bible also says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His trust shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. There shall be no evil befall thee, neither any plague 
come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. The psalmist said in Psalm 56, verse 11, In God I have put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do to me. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 25 and 26, Be not afraid of sudden fear. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. That is the word of the Lord. Thank you for your support of this ministry. You allow this to happen each day with your support. Wouldn't be here without it. Thank you so much. It is deeply appreciated and uh, much needed and deeply appreciated. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Tim Graham wrote something that I wanted to mention this morning. He said often as Americans, Tim Graham is a, a, a writer. He's a lot of things, but he's a, he's a writer. He's a very good writer. He said, often as Americans, we want to live in an old Coke commercial, you know, like Coke pop, soda, in an old Coke commercial where everybody sings in perfect harmony on a hill while they're holding their Coca-Cola bottles. He said, we don't want to live in a world where evil humans just gun down peaceful concert goers or kill unarmed civilians in house-to-house raids, raping women and then executing them, taking hostages as human seals, shields. We don't want to live in that kind of a world. I think he's he's right. We don't. But we do. But that's what the terrorist group Hamas has unleashed in its unceasing hatred of Israel. It's hard to believe that anyone would proudly line up an American on an American street corner after this mass murder and support the murderers. It's unbelievable. It's not as hard to believe that American media outlets would treat it as a normal part of democracy. In fact, NBC News tweeted out a story with a message. In New York City, Chicago, and Los Angeles, small, this is their their message, NBC, small but passionate groups of pro-Palestinian demonstrators gathered Sunday and demanded that Israel end its decades-long blockade of Gaza Strip. People tweeted back when this story was out by NBC. They said, yeah, the Ku Klux Klan was also a small but passionate group. NBC's online story was headlined with this. How some Palestinian communities in the U.S. reacted to the Israel-Hamas war. Protesters said they were against the killing of civilians, but they wanted a Palestinian homeland to be established. A whole series of Palestinian activists were quoted acting attacking Israel and claiming the media coverage was one-sided in Israel's favor. I don't think so. On Sunday's NBC Nightly News, the show's introduction plugged a story on, quote, rallies across the U.S. This Kathy Park, she was a reporter for NBC on this story. She presented it as kind of a dueling protest in New York City with moral equivalence. In other words, there were two, like good and evil, and they're equal. Let's see who wins. But she was, it was with her, it was these two, it was Hamas 
the murderous, barbaric Hamas versus the people trying to survive. But she was drawing a moral equivalence to Israel being attacked as the same kind of evil or wrongdoing would probably be better description of what she was doing. She said, tonight the crossroads of the world is becoming a deep dividing point with Palestinian supporters on the one side of the street, Israelis on the other. A moral equivalence. That's how quickly the progressive gets lost in the quagmire of dishonesty and misinformation. On Mondays, yesterday, NBC's News Daily, they turned to reporter Maggie Vespa, and for those of you listening in Portland, Maggie Vespa, I happen to, happen to know that she's she was on one of the TV stations for a number of years in Portland. Uh, it was one of the network stations. It was not KOIN TV, which I had a relationship with in the past, but it was one of the others. And she was doing this story on NBC uh, News Daily, Uh, She was talking about Little Palestine in Chicago. That's where she was. And likewise, she turned to a protester, this uh, Ezra Judah, it's J-U-D-E-H, holding a a sign that read, Resistance for Our Existence. She said, It doesn't make it okay that that civilians are being harmed, but we have been the civilians and that they have been harmed for over 80 years now. Vespa says she pushed back on the argument, but it wasn't in, I mean, people have confronted her over this, and it wasn't in the story that was put out over the air, so she may have pushed back when nobody was watching, but that doesn't matter. What matters is when they what they put out on the air. She said, we know it's hard for people at home to hear, but we just want to play that for you to kind of put that perspective on display. Well, NBC, NBC didn't find the speaker at the protest calling the mass murder a self-defense operation. Doesn't all of this coverage sound like there were very fine people on both sides? Remember when Donald Trump said that about back in 2017 about the protests in Charlottesville, Virginia? He made the comment, which was probably ill-advised, but he made the comment, he said, well, there's good people on both sides of the issue. And, you know, and, and the press just absolutely, they, they jumped on him. And they still do. But, I mean, they attack And now, oh, it's a whole different storyline. A whole different storyline. They themselves, the press, in this case NBC, is drawing the moral equivalence. So why would NBC suggest that the pro-Hamas protesters, who don't want a two-state solution anyway, and that's not going to happen, but they want the nation of Israel eradicated and the Jews liquidated. They say that. NBC knows that. Vespa and all these guys know that. NBC and the other leftist networks should not pretend that these Palestinian activists on the streets believe in peaceful coexistence with Israel. They don't. And everybody knows it. But the media keeps their head down and their focus in Saul Alinsky style on the mission. And that's what we're seeing in America today, politically. But it isn't just politically. NBC News debuted a new podcast series titled Grapevine this month. A podcast is a, a audio or a 
video and audio and it's you can put it out on the internet and you know millions of people can see it that's what tucker carlson is doing more now of than what before he got fired at fox he had a program you turn on your tv and you watch it now he you go online and you look at it anytime you want to it's up there millions tens of millions are watching and following tucker carlson by the way at this time so that was probably one of the best things that's happened to him when Fox News fired him because he was too conservative, I guess. But NBC News, they've debuted this new podcast. It's called Grapevine. According to the show's description, NBC News reporters examine what they claim is a now-debunked story from a mother. I'm quoting NBC now. As they promote themselves. This is brand new. They just announced it this week. Determined to put God first. This mother was determined to put God first, according to NBC, who accused a teacher of convincing her child to change genders. You get the drift of where this is going, and you're right, it is. The show's producers say that the story is largely about a, quote, fringe religious movement wielding newfound power in the revival of a long-simmering quest by evangelicals to remake American education based on their version of of biblical values. It's NBC. NBC News leads its new podcast series with this headline, Inside the Anti-LGBTQ Effort to Put Christianity Back in Schools. That's the headline of this first episode. Going to have a whole series of episodes. They continue. NBC. Some, pa- some Christian pastors and politicians argue that school prayer would prevent children from identifying as transgender. LGBTQ rights advocates are fighting back. The some Christian pastors and politicians that they're identifying as people who want to put religion back in school is David Barton, America's one of America's finest historians, in my view, I know David, does fabulous work. He's done fabulous work. The other bad guy that they identify in this NBC News thing is Raphael Cruz, Pastor Raphael Cruz. He's the dad, he's the father of Te- Senator Ted Cruz. He's an evangelist, and he is he's very um, dynamic, and he, he's a straight talker. I don't agree with, I'll just be honest with you, I don't agree with everything he says. I've paid attention to him, but I, I appreciate him, and I, I appreciate where he's coming from, and um I'm glad he's doing what he's doing. He's speaking out forcefully about some of the issues today, and he's drawing larger crowds where he goes. But the Peacock, NBC, says Christian nationalist figures like Pastor Raphael Cruz and self-taught historian David Barton. You know, it's interesting that David, they say he's self-taught. That They mean that as a pejorative statement, but, you know, actually that may be a compliment because he hasn't been polluted with with multiple degrees from Harvard and Yale and so on. Anyway, they say they've pushed to restore Christian traditions in Texas schools, sometimes targeted trans, targeting transgender students. I don't think they're targeting transgender students, but they are they are trying to restore public education. NBC's new podcast is self-described like this, big banner they have on their on their website says, Grapevine is a new NBC News podcast about faith and power and what it means to protect children in an American suburb. Political and religious leaders who have long fought to put God and prayer back in schools 
I noticed they said back in schools admitting that God and prayer once was there. Prayer, of course, was, but God was as well. Back in the schools are seizing on a growing backlash against transgender people to advance their agenda. NBC says some evangelical pastors who regularly deliver sermons in support of school prayer have recently added a twist, preaching that Christian traditions are needed in classrooms to stop children from identifying as transgender. That would be a lie. I don't know of any, I mean, I don't know what every pastor is saying in the country, but generally pastors are not saying that. They're not saying that they that we need to put Christian traditions back in the classroom to stop children from identifying as transgender. That's not the mission. The mission is to put Christianity back in the classroom so we can restore what Noah Webster started with a very good intent, by the way, and that so kids can get an honest education and not a whole day of indoctrination every time they get off the yellow bus. That's what they're trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do with whatever influence we may have. They've always got to twist this. And it isn't only Pastor Cruz and David Barton. NBC News believes that Trump is in on the scheme as well. <laughs> There's a video of of uh, Pastor Cruz, uh, Ted Cruz's father, talking about these issues. I put that video in our the article that I wrote on our website today on faithandfreedom.us. I just want to say, one of the things he says in that video, just right up front, he says that one of the things that really bothers him is that God say uh, people say God is in control, and he said they use that as a cop-out because they don't want to do anything. They don't want to be part of the solution. And he, he, he's pretty strong about it. He said it's a cop-out. Well, it's not a cop-out. I don't agree with him on that because God is in control. If God isn't in control, I mean, who who hangs the stars in space and makes the planet? I mean, God is in control. And I, I, I think he's trying to make the point that we try to abdicate and just be passive about it and, and nonchalant. And, and, and there are some who do. And he's speaking, I think, to them. But he says, you know, that, that that really bothers him, that people say God is in control because he says that's just a cop out and, and they're supposed to, we're all supposed to get to work and occupy until the Lord comes and so on. Well, I, I believe God is in control, but I believe he's called us to be his hands and his, his voice and his presence. I mean, we are the people of God if our lives have been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. And so if God isn't in control... Don't tell me. I want to plug my No, God is in control. And so he he makes the point in this video. But it's about five minutes long. But he makes some excellent points in the video. I thought about, should I put that in my article today or not? But I did. We dropped it in. And it's there. You can listen and see what he has to say. And there's other. Uh, we source everything we write about and everything we talk about on this program. We source. Because I don't want to get on a track where we're making up stuff or thinking it's true. We wouldn't make it up, but thinking something's true and it's not. We find sources and we compare sources with other sources. And we go through quite a process to do our very best to tell you on this program and what we write on our website to tell you the truth. Because that's what we want to do. Because the truth 
who is embodied in Jesus Christ. He is the truth. The truth sets us free. And that's what we are seeking on this on this program. And I think many of you, most of you that listen to it know that. But this uh, NBC News says that Trump is in on the scheme as well. They say, they say, I'm quoting them, at national conservative gatherings, politicians and activists have been attempting to draw direct connections between the lack of religious instruction in schools and the growing acceptance of transgender people in mainstream culture. School prayer is banned, but drag shows are allowed to permeate the whole place. They quote President uh, Donald Trump as saying at a conservative political action conference last year, well, well, I was CPAC, and yeah, he did say that. I agree. I, 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 I applaud. You bet. That's what we're trying to do is change things. He goes on. They quote Trump. He said, you can't teach the Bible, but you can teach children that America is evil and that men are able to get pregnant. Well, they are teaching them that. And NBC is trying to act like, well, why is he saying that? I mean, nobody's teaching them that. They are. They spend your tax dollars and your child's time indoctrinating them on those very issues. Exactly. And any kid will tell you that. Trump, like other GOP politicians, is tapping into this ascendant evangelical movement, they say, NBC says, that rejects church-state separation as a false doctrine and views LGBTQ acceptance as a threat to America. Well, if you read the Bible, God does not look well on homosexuality. He condemns it in the strongest terms because it is destructive. And they're right on that. It is destructive. And with God's help, we'll try to save as many of these children from the hands of secular education as we can. Because they're destroying these kids. They're in a barbaric way. They're cutting off their genitals and changing their body when they're little kids. Yeah, we do stand for that. NBC says back in August of 2022 at a packed school board meeting in Grapevine, Texas, a mom approaches the microphone and describes the exact nightmare that Republican politicians have been warning about. She accuses a teacher of convincing her child to change genders. They do. (laughs) They do it all the time. They even have seminars on how to handle parents and how to change children's minds. Any honest teacher will tell you they've seen either seen that or they've seen some um, some part of that and where they teach. This is out there now. NBC is promoting it. It's going to be out there. It's going to help people to walk down a very destructive path. They're not only attacking Christian individuals, but organizations as well. And I, I wrote a great deal about that on our article today on our website. This is not the first time NBC News has taken on openly hostile editorial stance toward Christianity. Remember Southern Poverty Law Center? They were big in promoting that. And Southern Poverty Law Center were naming Christian organizations as terrorist groups and all one thing and another. And NBC was lapping it up and sending it out to whomever would listen and watch NBC. But you know, perhaps this was intended for evil, but some good will come from it. 
I believe that. The attack should serve as a wake-up call for all biblical Christians. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.